Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, my special guest is Christy Van Sickle. She's a fellow survivor of an abusive relationship. Christy Van Sickle is an empowerment coach helping women reclaim their power after toxic relationships so they can finally create the life they love the life that they desire and the life that they deserve. She is also happily married, mum to three of her favourite people on the planet, is an international best-selling author and the CEO of Immeasurably More Life Coaching. So let's take a look inside this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs and help you find the key you need to be free. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back any time you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello, Christy, and thank you so much for being a guest on the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast today. I'm super, super happy to have you here as a guest. We sort of um, crossed paths on Facebook. It's a, Facebook is a great way to connect with other women who are victims and survivors. And somebody actually, you know, directed me to your post where you are going to be launching your own podcast. But welcome to this podcast. And um, please, just to start this conversation off, Christy, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to have this platform to be able to speak to other women who are stuck in the chaos of a toxic relationship. My name is Christy Van Sickle, and I am starting a podcast, like you said, and I'm doing that because I want to help other women who may be stuck in the situation, stuck in that relationship, feeling like there is no way out. And my mission is to show women that there's not just a way out, but there is a way to create something so much that's so far beyond the wildest dreams. It is possible. And that is my mission. I was in a toxic relationship with a narcissist for nearly 20 years. And I stayed because I felt I felt like my confidence was gone. I felt like my self-worth had been obliterated. Come to find out he was living a double life all that time, cheating on me on just an epic scale. And this is a story that is true for so many women in these relationships. And I just decided to make it my mission to make my story matter because I did find my way out. I did create a whole repeatable system to help women heal themselves on the other side, because getting out of the situation is not enough. You then have that period between leaving and creating that new life for yourself that I call the gap. And what you do in the gap is what determines how happy you're going to be after the fact, after you've gotten out, and when you get to that next phase of your life. Because if you don't do the right things in the gap, you're going to repeat the same patterns over and over again and end up in another toxic relationship. So that's who I am. That's what I do. And that's why I'm here. So thank you so much. 
No, that's absolutely awesome, Christy, to... Um, I love what you were talking about, about it's not enough to just leave the abusive relationship because once you get out of that abusive relationship, who are you? Who are you on the other side of it? And um, there's an interesting thing that, you know, happens because we are, we've become so dependent on that person who has in this game of power and control that they play has taken away our self-confidence and has made us basically dependent on them for our sense of security. So even though the reverse is true, we're completely unsafe with that person, us, our subconscious mind is still telling us that they're the safest person for us to be around. And it's all this subconscious um, conditioning that we haven't even been aware of while we're in this cycle of abuse that is happening. Um, there's a really interesting story that I heard recently um, about, it's a story about an, like an elephant, a group of elephants. And the elephants were all... Um, just tied by a piece of rope and these elephants were full-grown elephants and they they were absolutely strong enough to be able to break free from that rope any time there was really that rope wasn't really holding them it was all perception and um the person asked um, the trainer, why? Why are these elephants staying, you know, here when they're majestic and they're strong and they're totally capable of breaking away from this rope that is holding one leg? Why, why have you got them here? Why are they just staying? And um, the trainer said because they were conditioned to be held by that rope from the time that they were very young. So they learned that that rope was the thing that held them to that place. And it didn't matter that they outgrew that rope or that they became so strong that they could easily break free from that rope. Subconsciously, they had been trained to believe that that rope held them in that place and they could not leave that place because they were still attached to that rope. And I really see that as being just like it is for women who escape abusive relationships and who are trying to break that cycle of abuse. We're still left in that gap that you're talking about with this subconscious um, conditioning that has happened to us without our us being consciously aware of it during that cycle of abuse and we carry that forward if we don't learn that we need to really lean into healing and recovering after that cycle of abuse that we exit it's so so critical so thank you so much for giving it that you know illustration of it being a gap and in between space and, and that's really the transformation space too isn't it Christy it's a place where people have that opportunity to do the work so that they can get that transformation and they can break free um, you I had a little chat prior to us starting this conversation with you and 
um, I found a few similarities between us. One of them being that you've also repartnered on after breaking away from that abusive relationship that you were caught in for almost two decades. So can you please tell us a bit about your journey through that, the, through that abusive relationship, through the other side of it, and then into this new partnership that you've made, which from what you've told me is amazing and represents what a healthy relationship really looks like. Absolutely. I'm happy to do that. I am remarried to the love of my life. He is he is beyond anything I ever imagined was possible for me because like you were saying about the elephants who have been conditioned and programmed, that happened to me too. And I really stopped believing in the possibilities because it seemed too scary. It seemed too scary to believe that that kind of happiness, that kind of romance, that kind of relationship was even possible for me. And so I pulled away from those dreams and that, that heart that really wanted and longed for those things because it felt like I was setting myself up for disappointment or for failure or for another rejection. And so I just quit dreaming of it until one day there was like this little spark in me that was still like an ember in a flame, you know, just like begging to, to have the life. And so one day I started to listen and I thought, maybe this is possible. And so when my husband and I met, it was, it was scary at first because I thought, okay, but what if this isn't real? What if, what if he is, you know, what if he's scamming me? What if he's pretending to be something he's not? And I had to rely on those boundaries I had created for myself that I knew would protect me. I have very solid boundaries. I have rules that I live by. Um, I have words I won't say. I have things I won't do. I have places I won't go because they're outside the realm of my boundaries. And mm -hmm. so when I lived by my boundaries and he respected my boundaries and he understood my boundaries and he celebrated my boundaries because he knew how important they were to me. And when I would hear him speak the language of comfort and safety and security and, and I knew that he understood me at a soul level. He got me and he understood that I wasn't just like any old girl. <laughs> he wasn't just like any other woman. I had special needs because I had a background. I had a history of being hurt and being broken and being manipulated. And when he honored who I am and he is always relentlessly pursuing me and relentlessly loving me as I am, and not as, you know, just somebody he's known before or somebody he wishes I were, but who I truly am. And when I see him every single day, honor me and love me, no matter what, it's such a beautiful thing. And truly it is beyond anything I ever believed was possible for me. And so I'm, I'm grateful every minute of every day. So this idea of boundaries um, is something that is lacking and when you're in the cycle of abuse and um, the boundary thing is is one of the big big lessons in helping to be able to 
get that transformation in your life um, and you can't get that transformation without defining your boundaries and really going deep and looking at what are my needs? I guess that's a good way to sort of help. If you're listening and you don't understand boundaries um, at this stage, a great place to start with understanding what your boundaries are is to ask yourself, what do you need? Not what do you want, but what do you need? And there'll be, you'll have your own wisdom. You will know there will be this inner voice that will tell you what you need. And sometimes when you can't think of what you actually need, you might want to flip it and say, what don't I need? You know, and that that list can then also help you to create your boundaries because you know that you don't want to go past that line because you don't want that in your life. So I know that for me uh, and a lot of, I think a lot of victims, we are empaths and we're as empathic people, we're very giving and and that is... I think women in general are notorious for just giving and giving and giving and not having boundaries around their own needs. And there's, I don't know whether it's generational, I don't know where it's come from exactly, but I, I think that when we come into this world as being female we we have this I don't know if it's ingrained in us already that we have to be self-sacrificing that that's that's part of our role in life is to sacrifice our own needs to for the benefit of others because we want to care for others because we want to support others because we you know we just want to be there for others and that I think is fine it, whether you know for all of us that I don't think that we need to rebel against that but we just need to create that boundary that says not to my own detriment not you know not so that I am going to be depleted not so that I am going to lose me in the process and that's something that will happen so much of the time isn't it Christy that in a cycle of abuse that you actually lose sight of who you are and um and that's a journey on the other side and I really love that you um you really spoke to that need to get clear to spend the time on working out what your needs are and then being able to communicate them with your partner my my husband I know that it hasn't been all smooth sailing you know with our relationship because like you we I think we all come with baggage whether we've been through an abusive relationship or not but when you go into that new relationship there's baggage that you're carrying from the last one and maybe the one before that and the one before that and acknowledging that with your new relationship I think it's really healthy that you come into this new relationship and you say this is me this is my baggage 
this is the stuff that I'm still raw on. This is the stuff that I'm still healing from. Just so you know that these are my triggers, you know, that this is, if you go there, it is going to hurt. And I really need you to understand that so that we can work around that. And um, I, I tell you, early on, Christy, I had some I had to learn that because that didn't come automatically. That awareness sort of came with experience. There were some times where I just reacted to the trigger and I was kind of coming from this place of, well, you know that I've been a victim of an abusive relationship. So therefore, I'm just making an assumption, therefore you should be sensitive to my needs without me actually expressing specifically what my needs were and it took me time to understand no I need to actually spend some time identifying what my needs are and then communicating those needs to my husband so that he's not tripping over my triggers because it's not his fault that I, I've got triggers so I need to you know we need to work through this together it's going to be a process and um and yeah we've come a, a long way just in making communication I guess key to the relationship um and it's nice to talk to somebody else Christy who's repartnered on the other side and is happy in her new partnership and um understands the evolution I suppose of that and honoring our journey with healing so can we just talk a little bit about your you've got so much wisdom Christy and I want this conversation to be you having an opportunity to share your wisdom so can you just share some of what's really helped you um what are some of the things that you've done to help you on your healing journey sure one of the things that I like to to use as an analogy, as far as boundaries go, just going back just a little bit. In the beginning, I felt so fragile and I felt like I needed people to be so careful around me that I felt like I almost needed to be in bubble wrap. Like my emotions needed to be protected, like in bubble wrap, like when you're shipping something, you know, that's breakable. And I felt like that. But then when I set the right boundaries and I got those things in check and I got to know myself on a deep enough level and accept myself on that deep level and to allow myself for, to establish these boundaries, it was like I took myself out of that bubble wrap and I saw myself not as broken or breakable, but as something priceless, something priceless that you put on the special shelf and only certain people can access that piece. You know, if you imagine your fine china, you're not going to use it at every meal. You're not going to let the dog eat off of it. You're going to put it in a special place and people who have earned the right to touch that china, who have proven themselves careful, who've proven themselves trustworthy, they get to access that. And so when I established my boundaries and decided, okay, I don't need to be hidden away from the world just because I have these boundaries. I just needed, need to treat myself like I am the fine china. I am the priceless one. I am the one you have to be worthy of getting to. And so I didn't hide myself. I elevated myself and I allowed myself to be seen as priceless and worthy. So that was a really big piece for me. 
And then I put boundaries on my language. There are things I don't say. Like I don't say my ex because as far as I'm concerned, that makes like him part of my responsibility and his issues are not my responsibility. So what, how demons, do you refer to, how do you refer to him then? I don't, I typically don't, but yes. if I have to, when I'm talking to someone in a coaching session or something, I'll say the ex. Yes. The ex. He is not my belonging. Yeah. He is not my responsibility. He is not my shame. He is not in any way connected to me. So I am very careful about what I take ownership of in this situation. Um, so I'm very careful. I don't go to places that, that make me feel the way I felt back then. Things that remind me of those times. I just don't. That's part of a past that I don't want to revisit. Um, and I've, I've recreated me and I've allowed myself to discover new things about myself. I've allowed myself to be bold. You and I talked before we started this conversation about the guitars that are behind me. And these are my husband's guitars. And there are a lot of, <laughs> but he is a guitarist and I sing, but for a very long time, I didn't sing because singing comes from a place of joy. And I didn't feel that joy. And I was told that I couldn't sing. And I was told that I didn't do it right. And so I silenced myself. And then along comes my husband and he plays guitar and we sing together and we go out and we even do that in public. You know, we sing for other people, not just in our house. And it's been such a liberating experience for me to rediscover those parts of me and to allow myself to be all of me and not just the parts of me that were thought to be accepted. I'm just me. And it's not only accepted, but it's celebrated now. And it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I, um, there's so many similarities between you and I. <laughs> it's just, uh, um, yeah, because I'm doing exactly the same thing with my husband. We found that same connection with music and I had the same things happen to me too. I, I've always loved singing, but my voice got shut down. And it's interesting because it was shut down in my first marriage and it was for the same reason I wasn't singing right. And, uh, and so that silenced me and that robbed me of my joy of singing and that robbed me of my voice. And I, you know, that carried on for, for years and it wasn't until, you know, really until I repartnered and my husband now, you know, we rediscovered music together and now, um, yeah, we're pretty unstoppable so, <laughs> and absolutely <laughs> loving it. And it's not, uh, it's really for the joy of it. That's, it, that's why we're doing it. It's, it's for the joy, but it's also this amazing connection that we share because it's something that we're doing doing together and that's absolutely incredible so yeah I I love that you um yeah you're on the same same journey with your husband um where you're enjoying these kinds of life experiences um which are really powerful there's so much healing in music and uh, I think you know that's what do they say music's like the universal language 
and I think you know that is perhaps why it's such a gift to be able to um, communicate through music so I love communicating I love speaking I can tell you do too Christy um, <laughs> you're a natural and I think you know music is another another level or another medium that is just touches people in a very um, deep and meaningful way that perhaps a lot of conversations that I love doing this podcast because I have these beautiful, deep and meaningful conversations with women who I have such an amazing affinity with. And I just think it's such a gift to be able to do that and have these kinds of conversations. But these kinds of conversations are not the kinds of conversations that you sort of have in your day-to-day life in general and um, and they mean so much to be able to have this type of chat with somebody who really gets you and understands you and I think you're also doing coaching and this is really the role that coaches can play in you know people's lives is to be that person that actually wants to have that deep and meaningful conversation with them to get to really what matters most to that person and how can we how can we help you to get what matters most into your life because life is short and really we I think we are all here to find the keys to become free in life because victimhood it doesn't matter whether you're a victim of an abusive relationship or not you can still fall into victimhood um, all through your life for many different reasons and victimhood means you know like you feel sorry for yourself because something's happened and um and yes all emotions are absolutely 100% valid (laughs) but um but staying in victimhood is not a healthy state for us and it doesn't help us to blossom and flourish and so it's there to basically say there's a lesson here for you to to learn and an opportunity for you to take so um I'm not diminishing what women go through when I say that I'm not diminishing that in the slightest I'm um, just saying that there is light at the end of the tunnel on the other side and um, Christy you're certainly helping people with that too so what else would you like to chat about while we've got this time together I think that it's so important for women to realize that settling should not be the default settling for less than you really want settling for less than you deserve settling for just being okay shouldn't be your default. And I think we so often get um, lulled into, we'll do it tomorrow, or the thing I used to do. I used to look at myself in the mirror every day when I was in this relationship, the, the abusive one. I would look in the mirror and I would tell myself, you're tough, you're strong, and you're going to be fine. Every single day. And I would cry and I would say it over and over again. And then one day when I was saying that, I looked at myself 
Like I really stood there and looked at myself and thought, this is my life. I only get one. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is it. And if I keep doing this every day, I'll live my whole life like this. And that was the day that I, I said, I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure out what to do. And I have a lot of people who love me. But you referenced earlier people who get it. If you haven't been through it, you can't really get it. There's a huge difference in learning something and knowing something. You know, you can learn a lot in your head, but unless you really know it on a heart level, on an emotional level, you can't understand. And so while I have a ton of people who love me, they didn't know how to help me. And so I was sort of blazing a trail. I was a pioneer in this, trying to figure out what to do. And so I started studying everything I could get my hands on. And it took me years to figure it out. But that day that I was looking at myself in the mirror, realizing that I was settling for a life that I really didn't want, that was destroying me every day. When I realized I was the one who could choose not to stay there, and I really had the power that was the day that I decided I was going to figure it out. I was going to find it because there had to be a way. And so over time, I figured it out. And like I said, it took me years because I did it by myself. <laughs> That's the reason I just really set out on this mission that other women are not going to have to do this alone. They are not going to have to just figure it out over a course of years. So that's really what led me to that was that moment of realizing that I was the one with the power. He wasn't the one with the power. It's that elephant thing with the rope around your leg because you do get conditioned to that. But for whatever reason, that day it hit me that I was the one who had the power. And so I stepped out and I stepped into my power. And it's such, it was such a huge moment. I didn't know that day what a big day it was, but it was the day that changed my life. Yeah. There is that, um, that defining moment that uh, things do change, the energy changes within you. And just out of curiosity, did things escalate for you from that point? When, In, you, when you stepped into your power, what happened with your relationship with that abusive person? Yeah, when I started to buck the system when I started to step out and speak in that new empowerment there was definitely a lot of tension there was there was an anger that I had managed to keep at bay for a long time because I was playing the game I was doing what was expected of me I was saying what was expected of me but when suddenly I had a voice it got ugly it got ugly pretty fast and the mask fell down basically you know, the mask that he had been wearing for a really long time finally fell down and the true identity got exposed. And that's what I love to tell women is so often they say, but I love him. And I say, no, you don't. You love the person he pretended to be. It would be very similar to, and I know that I don't know, I don't know if the show Friends is popular everywhere, but I always use this as an example, the TV show Friends. It would be like if I ran into David Schwimmer on the street one day and believed he was actually Ross Geller and got very upset because he wasn't acting like Ross Geller and he doesn't know me even though I've watched him a thousand times 
And, but it was David Schwimmer. It was the actor who was pretending to be Ross Geller. And it's the same situation. You are, you are in a relationship with a person who's playing a role. And the real person underneath is the same as David Schwimmer would be, you know, who look at me like, who are you? <laughs> I don't know you. It's that same disconnect because he is not somebody you've ever met before. And when you suddenly see that true self, when you suddenly see that identity that they've tried so hard to keep secret and to keep hidden, when you finally see their true self, it's not a person you love. It is a person who is, is scary, who is, is not anybody you would ever want to be in a relationship with. So staying stuck is really, it breaks my heart because you're staying connected and trauma bonded to someone who doesn't even exist. And when you can grieve the loss of that person that you thought you knew and realize that they never were even really a person to begin with, they were just a figment of your imagination. They were a role that was being played by a relatively skilled actor in your life. When you can grieve the loss of that person, that's when you start to really heal. And I like to make that I like to make that distinction with women who are staying trauma bonded because they love him. They don't, they love a character he has played. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, the reason I asked you about the things, whether they started to get worse and, you know, whether there was a change in the dynamic and everything is that, that was very much my experience too. And I, I don't know with your situation sort of, you know, where it took you, but for mine, things ended up becoming life-threatening for myself and my children. So. Um, at that point, I knew that we couldn't stay, even though we'd separated, we couldn't, the children and I couldn't stay where we were. We needed to flee, break away, really break away from that person. And, um, and so one of the things that I advocate most for with women is that they put their safety first so um, that if they like it making that distinction and stepping into back into your power is what you need to do but I, I want women to know that when you do that go into it with an awareness that things may escalate once you do and that that is the time that you really need to tap into support don't try and navigate um, those complexities on your own because you're dealing with somebody who you're not in control of you're only in control of you and you need to then put your safety first and you know assess if you're safe with around that person or not if you're not safe around that person you need to do everything within your power to get away from that person and if that means tapping into um, supports with domestic violence agencies and, and services where there are refuge services and things like that, then that's what you need to do for that time because 
everything else, as you said, and this is one of the things that I say all the time, Christy, is everything else is figure outable. You know, it's you've got to put your safety first, closely followed by your sanity, and then everything else is figure outable from there. So, um, yeah, just was interested to know whether that was your experience too, whether things did start to get worse rather than better when you started stepping back into your own power. I was very blessed that it never became life-threatening. Um, it was just an emotional pushback. It was anger where the anger had been kept at bay. So I was very blessed that it never became life-threatening. However, uh, it became over some period of time, a situation that the kids did not want to be around him anymore. And so he relinquished all parental rights and the children have now been adopted by my husband. And so he is legally, he is legally a stranger and, and it really in every way, a stranger, we don't have any contact, haven't for years and will never have contact again. And so that no contact is such a blessing, but in that same context, that same category of blessing, it was not life-threatening to me or to us. And I'm always grateful for that. Mm. There are so oh. many women who can't say that. So. I know. And there's so many women who can't say that they don't have that no contact thing, you know, when there's children involved. Um, it can exactly. be very, very compromising for women and their children. And it's a really um, complex road to navigate because again not everything's in your control the system doesn't always work in your favor and they, again when I, I just emphasize support please get support please get support with every every step of the way um, please don't try and go through these things on your own um, so for me I also have that no contact in place for myself and for my children so I also see that as a blessing. I also see that as a key to our peace um, and being able to uh, rebuild our lives uh, without any hindrance. And that is a massive, massive blessing. Um, it is more complex for a woman who has to have ongoing contact with her ex-partner because there are children involved. Um, it can make it much more challenging for their recovery, for their ability to rebuild on the other side. And also, of course, they've got all of those concerns around their children and the contact that the children have with that person. So um, my heart goes out to those women. Um, I have met, you know, many women who have actually lost you know, custody of their children in these situations. And that's a whole nother level of um, grief for, for women to be dealing with as a consequence of um, a controlling and abusive partner. So this Thursday, um, on the week that we're recording this, um, there's an organisation here in Australia called Safe Steps and 
they're doing a walk against um, family violence on Thursday and I'm participating in that walk with my family and um, yeah we're we're definitely going to be a part of that to say no to violence in the home and violence within families is not okay and um, women and children deserve to have a safe place to live, a place free from fear. Definitely. And kudos to you for, for taking that step and, and being public with it and letting people see the support behind that movement because it is so important. Yeah. I've found that so many women are hesitant to call it domestic violence or to call it abuse if their partner did not hit them. Yes. They kind of feel like abuse means you punched me or you hit me and it doesn't. Narcissists will, they are emotionally abusive. They are psychologically abusive and those types of abuse are still abuse. And in a lot of ways, the pain from them lasts far longer than a bruise would have lasted or a cut would have lasted. And those things are horrible. I don't in any way want to minimize those things because those are not okay and they're horrible, but those emotional scars and those psychological scars can last a lifetime. Yes, that's right. If you don't heal them. And so I want to speak up and tell women that it is okay to call it abuse, even if he never struck you because yeah. it was still abuse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I've talked already on the, uh, the podcast about coercive control and, um, and gaslighting because mm -hmm. there needs to be more conversations about the psychological abuse and uh, so that more women can understand that these things that they're experiencing are a form of abuse and that I mean you were talking earlier and we're going to have to wrap up soon but you were talking earlier about what we tolerate and mm -hmm. um and we tolerate all sorts of abuse because we think that it's kind of part and parcel of a relationship and so, therefore, we tolerate all sorts of things that we don't deserve. And um, it, it's an awakening once you get into that space where you understand, you actually understand your own worth and you're able to say without any hesitation that you are precious and you deserve to be treated accordingly and that's it right it's, that's you know it's as simple as that you know you need whoever's in your life and I liked what you were saying about you people need to earn that place with you so it's not as if you have to sit on some pedestal thing thinking that you are all high and mighty it's not that at all it is basically saying good people will treat me that way because that's the way good people treat other people. They treat them with respect. They honour their needs and they don't go trampling all over other people. It's, that's the way we should all be treating each other. We should all be treating each other as though we are priceless and, yeah, hold each other in that kind of regard. There's a... Um, 
a Buddhist uh, saying namaste and, and that saying of namaste is saying I bow to the divine within you and really that's kind of the regard we should all be holding each other in is remembering that there's divinity within all of us and um and if we remember that then life can be beautiful really beautiful absolutely i tend to see everyone as a creation of god and god chose to put them here on this earth for a purpose and a reason and if they are in my space i honor them and i treat them with the highest regard just like i would want them to treat me and and it is so important to be able to learn the people who are going to treat you in a healthy way like treat you in a way that is respectful and honor who you are and so i absolutely agree with you now on that note where can people find you christy please share some links with us Sure. I am on Facebook. I am Christy Van Sickle. Uh, I have a Facebook page that I'm going to be publishing very soon. You can find me on Instagram at Christy Van Sickle. Um, my YouTube page is Christy Van Sickle and my website is ChristyVanSickle.com. So it's a pretty redundant thing. Lots of my name, but it is Christy Van Sickle. Great. And I will include those links in the episode notes so that people can find you super easy. Okay. And for the final question, because this podcast is the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, can you just tell us what that title means to you as a woman? The title means to me as a woman that Tiara belongs to royalty. That Tiara belongs to someone who is highly regarded, highly esteemed. And that is the way we should all live our lives as though that's who we are and live our lives with that level of regard for ourselves and expecting other people to treat us that way. The tears, they're there in the middle because that's part of the, the path we have to go through sometimes, but they're not the end. So what comes after that is the triumph. And so I love the name of this podcast because it does show you that journey. It does show that journey that it does not end with the tears, it ends with the triumph. Oh, that's beautiful, Christy. Really beautiful. I've got like goosebumps. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today and I look forward to um, you launching your podcast too. Thank you so much. And I did not list that because it's not out there yet. It's a work in progress, but it will be out there very soon. Yeah, I'll get you back again when, uh, when you're up and running with the podcast so that people can come Perfect. and find that too. And I'd love to have you on my podcast. Beautiful. I look forward to it. <laughs> That sounds okay. wonderful. Thank you again. Thank you, Christy. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship. And for a long time, I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, 
heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes? to let other women know this is a show they can trust. It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. 
keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy. <laughs>